0: Robert Marie McCheney said, A holy minister is an awful weapon in the hands of God. Today we're talking about the importance of living a holy life and how God desires to use us as righteous weapons.
1: You're listening to the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams. A podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Brought to you by eeleaders.com
0: Well, hey everyone, I hope you're doing well. We're coming up on the end of yet another great season, and this is episode number 21. The next episode will be our final episode, 22 episodes in season four uh, with this new format and more of an audio podcast, me teaching a lot, going through the book of Nehemiah, and we're going to go to chapter six where Nehemiah actually finishes building the wall. Yes, Nehemiah had faced so much opposition in trying to complete this task but i do want to remind you he did finish and i love how we can learn from his leadership as we are tasked to build up people's lives as well god has called us to build his body his bride the church as church leaders to accomplish certain tasks as well and we want to be faithful to that call and so in today's episode we're looking at how nehemiah's enemies really tempted him uh, to sin to try to wreck his leadership You may ask, well, why? Why did they do this? Well, because we know that if you take out the leader, the followers usually scatter. Uh, We have um, gotten so much uh, lessons from Nehemiah, and one uh, I want to remind you of is this. You have a target on your back as a leader, right? We got to know this that Satan wants to destroy leaders, and he's trying to do this with Nehemiah in chapter 6. Uh, and he'll try to do this as we lead and restore people and build people up in the gospel and share the word. Um, but we have to understand, greater is he that is in us, that is in the world. So we don't need to fear, but we do need to be aware of the enemy's tactics, and we need to put on the full armor of God. Like Ephesians 6 11 says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So in this uh, in the last episode we looked at Satan's subtle ways of how he goes after us as church leaders, as he goes after us as Christians. He keeps us busy and he tries to get us distracted from what God's called us to do or he sends people our way to discourage us, to be negative, to criticize. Uh, but today we're going to look at how Satan attacks nehemiah it's not very subtle it's actually up front and he's trying to tempt nehemiah to sin the devil wants us to walk in sin to destroy our leadership and our godly character because he knows scripture like us he knows that galatians 6 8 says for the one who sows of the flesh will from the flesh reap corruption but the one who sows of the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life so he doesn't want us to prosper. He wants us to tempt us to walk in a sin, walk in our own flesh, not to rely on God. And he's going to try to have a sin, which is a rebellion against God and what he said in his word, not to be dependent upon God. And we need to watch out for this temptation, to be aware of our own weaknesses and temptations. You know, James chapter one, verse 14 and 15 says, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. And this is why Jesus taught us to pray. Hey, every day, man, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Uh, we need to be on guard against the devil, our enemy, through prayer. Continue to work on our own character and our own soul. But often we get so caught up in, in leadership tasks and busyness that we neglect our own soul and we're not strengthened for the battle. We're not putting on the armor of God. And the devil knows this, so he goes after us. He tempts us, which doesn't bring peace to go into his ways it doesn't bring strength to follow the flesh we need to take time to minister to the lord to worship god to have our own devotional time to be christians first and allow ministry to overflow into our hearts but this will take time as we understand these truths you know ruth haley barton um, she's written a lot of books on silent retreat solitude these type of things of restoring your soul and taking that time you need as leaders and as christians to um Seek God and be healthy and do ministry in a healthy place. She said this, One of the dangers of living in a constant state of distraction is that we never go to the bottom of our pain, our sadness, our emptiness, which means we never find the rock bottom place of the peace that passes understanding and rest ourselves there. We oftentimes as leaders are so busy, we don't take time to invest in our own relationship with God, but we need to make sure that that is a priority. Because if not, it will bring a lot of pain, a lot of mistakes uh, in our leadership. I even like what Warren Buffett said. He said, the most dangerous distractions are the ones you love, but that don't love you back. What a good picture of adultery. And oftentimes in ministry, uh, it could be an adulterous thing because we elevate that and give all of our time, our priority to that, rather than making Jesus preeminence and letting ministry flow from there. So the apostle John in 1 John 521 closes his book and says little children guard yourself from idols we need to guard ourselves from idols we need to be pouring into our relationship with God building our own faith our leadership skills important absolutely but God does not emphasize them in church leaders he emphasizes um, character walking with him he wants to develop our character and have us walk in righteousness for he knows we'll be blessed when we do so the Proverbs say so many things about walking in the ways of God and righteousness. Blessed are uh, are on the head of the righteous, Proverb would say. The memory of the righteous is blessed. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life. But the righteous has an everlasting uh, fountain you see there are great benefits to doing the right thing walking in the ways of god not rebelling and walking in the flesh but walking in the spirit as we walk in god's holiness and his righteous ways we're blessed this is why james 4 7 says submit therefore to god resist the devil and he will flee when we submit our ways to god it actually helps us resist the devil he will flee and we'll be able to have a powerful life as we live in holiness You know, Robert Murray McCheney, he said this, a holy minister is an awful weapon in the hands of God. I am persuaded that I shall obtain the highest amount of present happiness. I shall do most for God's glory and good of man. And I shall have the fullest reward in eternity by maintaining a conscience always washed in Christ's blood, by being filled with the Holy Spirit at all times and by obtaining the most entire likeness to Christ in mind, will and heart that it is possible for a redeemed sinner to obtain in this world. You know, he talks about the importance of being holy, an awful weapon. I like that. You know, and this is a biblical concept that we as ministers would, would cleanse ourselves, would be filled with the Spirit, continually repenting. Uh, man, that we would have the mind of Christ in our leadership. You know, Paul told Timothy in one of those pastoral letters uh, to Timothy of how to be used by God. And in 2 Timothy 2, 21 and 22, it says, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel or a tool, a weapon for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. We can be useful to our master, Jesus, as we walk in purity and holiness. I love that. A a holy minister is an awful weapon in the hands of God. You may want to say an awesome weapon. So, Timothy is told in verse twenty two of that chapter, the next verse, flee youthful passions, and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So this is why the enemy comes after us and tempts us to be distracted by sin, and we see this in Nehemiah verses ten and four through fourteen of chapter six. The enemy wanted Uh, the work to stop. So he tempted Nehemiah to sin. Let me read that for you and butcher some names. Now, when I went into the house of Shemiah, the son of Deliah, the son of Mahitibel, who was confined to his home, he said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. Let us close the doors of the temple for they are coming to kill you. They are coming to kill you by night. Now, this is him speaking to Nehemiah. And Nehemiah responds in verse 11 and says, should such a man as I run away and what man such as I could go into the temple and live? I will not go in. And I understood and saw, he says, that God had not sent him, but he had pronounced a prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sambalot had hired him. Remember these enemies. They hired this guy to prophesy and lie to Nehemiah and tempt him to go into the temple and to run. But verse 13 and 14 says, For this purpose he hired, that I should be afraid and act in this way and sin. So they could give me a bad name in order to taunt me. Remember Tobiah and Sambalot, O oh my God, According to these things that they did, and also the prophecies, uh, Nodia, No Nodiah, and the rest of the prophets who wanted to make me afraid. Now let me break this down and talk about and bring it into our subject today of living a holy life. Uh, Shimia said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. Let us close the doors of the temple, for they are coming to kill you, and they are coming to kill you by night. Uh, he was bringing this situation up to um, Nehemiah to be afraid and was telling them these things. Now, we know that these things were false. Nehemiah recognized that. But in this moment, Nehemiah could have done two things. He could have listened to him or listened to the word of God. He could have sinned or not sinned. You see, it had been unlawful and a sin to run into the temple. But if he did go into the temple, it would have saved his life. It would have been a secure place from his enemies. But in verse 11, Nehemiah says, I'm not going to do that. Should a man such like I run away and what man such like I could go into the temple and live? I will not go in. He's saying, listen, I have integrity. A man like me, a leader, a godly person, I'm going to follow what God did, even if there's consequences, even if it hurts. A man like I'm not going to run away. I'm not going to go into the temple um, and live because that would be a sin against God. You see, sin could damage the work of God that he wants to do in your life. It's a serious thing. And so Nehemiah recognized this. And the enemy recognizes this. The enemy is out trying to take people out and destroy him. And we have to fight the enemy, his temptations, with holiness, with purity, with walking in the ways of God. We have to take sin seriously and fight this good fight of faith and obedience. Pulling on the full armor of God, uh, Ephesians 6, 11 says, but then we have to know we wrestle against flesh and blood and we need to walk in submission to God. And, um, and the spiritual disciplines, well, they can help us fight. They could help us fight our enemy. Again, not the things of the flesh in the world, but man, these things that Satan uses, these principalities, it's darkness. And so Nehemiah prays again. I love that. I love that we can go to God and we can pray in our temptation. He says, oh God, remember me for what I did this and remember me for what I did that. You know, we need to do that as well. I was recently reading a, a blog about this as I was looking up some quotes and thinking about purity and leadership and one blogger said prayer is a holy weapon in the hands of the people of god it is more powerful than a sword the bomb uh, even the pin and even more effective than a worldwide internet and other modern media outlets of communication which people move to action He's so right. People move to these actions. They move to to the pen or the internet or even a sword or a bomb. And he's saying, listen, when, when people of God pray, it is a holy weapon. It is a powerful thing. And I think in our temptation, Jesus taught us to pray. We can and should go uh, to the Lord in constant prayer, being aware of our own weaknesses and temptations and being aware that God's presence is with us. And he's able to fight on our behalf. He's able to give us strength. And he wants to use us for his glory now second corinthians chapter 6 verse 3 through 7 talks about how powerful it is to live a holy life for the lord i want to read that to you as we sort of uh, finish our time in this episode thinking about living a holy life but just sort of break it down and, and really marinate on this truth because it's not just a principle for nehemiah in the old testament but it was something that paul taught us and we should take it seriously In verse 3 of that chapter 6 in 2 Corinthians, he says, We put no obstacle in anyone's ways so that no fault may be found with our ministry. I want you to understand that your sin can cause others to stumble. Uh, We have um, certainly seen this in our days, haven't we? We, We've experienced this, how the destruction of sin, it affects others. Uh, Practically, in a personal way, with divorce rates being so high and parents split, it, it wrecks and ruins and... Um, really damages children it has an effect now can God reconcile and redeem and restore absolutely but it does have a practical effect on people's lives and the same is true with church leaders spiritual mothers and fathers as they fall as they split they walk in division and sin it actually has an effect on the church on people that we are following um, that are following us we need to use our influence for good and to glorify God and realize that our influence can not only have a good effect, but it also can have a bad effect. We can actually cause damage as we stumble in sin. And so Paul was like, I don't, I don't want to make no obstacle in anyone's way. So they would find any fault in my ministry. I don't want to be sinning and stumbling people. I want to be a servant of God. So verses four through seven, he says, but as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance and infliction, hardship, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labor, sleepless nights, and hunger; by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, and the Holy Spirit, genuine love; by truthful speech and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness, for the right hand and for the left. Paul stresses that we, uh, they commended themselves by effort; they they really tried to not be a, a stumbling block, but. Walk the holy life to be a righteous weapon. Uh, that walking in righteousness, he acknowledges, it's hard. It takes every effort. Did you guys read that? Did you hear it? It takes great endurance to follow God through afflictions, through hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, and hunger. There's a ministry resume right there for you. Hey, get into ministry. You're going to have some afflictions, hardships, comalities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, and hunger. This can all come, but he tells you that it's going to take effort and it's through that endurance that you actually are being sanctified and processed. And you know, Peter tells us as Christians not to be surprised by fiery trials as something strange is happening, 1 Peter four eleven, We should not be surprised that we suffer as servants of God and as we, as we live a righteous and pure life. In fact, we will suffer, especially if we're living a righteous and pure life. Because Jesus said in John 13 that a servant is not greater than his master. And Jesus was perfect, and yet he suffered the most. As the Lord was a suffering servant, we follow in his footsteps. We shouldn't be surprised or unexpected that hardship will come. No, we're leaders, God's servants of the church, and God wants us to follow our examples, and this includes suffering well. So Paul says rather than complaining and just give in to sin, we need to fight. Don't fight with the carnal weapons, but with spiritual weapons. 2 Corinthians 10.4, he says that that we need to recognize and fight in the way that we can do it. And this text in verse 6 and 7, he says, We fight by purity, by knowledge, by patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech, and the power of God with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left. I cannot stress this enough. We need the power of God to live a holy life, to be empowered to follow Jesus and his ways. To walk in patience or kindness, isn't that the fruit of the Spirit? You know, Jesus told his disciples to wait for the Holy Spirit to come and fill them, and baptize them, and power them in Acts chapter one eight, so they could be actually be effective for the ministry. And the same is with you and me. So many of us want a powerful ministry, but our natural response is just to act, to 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 do something about it, and not to wait, to put forth plans, and not to pray. But Scripture tells us. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like with wings of eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. And we see Nehemiah wait on God continually, don't we? Not giving into the flesh or his enemies temptations, but going to God in prayer, asking for help. And this is how we receive power. The the word is where this word is where we get this word dynamite or domino dynamite it's this derived uh derivative word um where it's a strength it's a power it's explosive the holy spirit can give us power explosive effective power god can do more in one moment than we could do in a lifetime so it would be wise for us to wait upon the lord to ask for his help to fill us and transform us and this is the teaching of jesus he would tell us in luke chapter 11 Verse nine to thirteen, and I tell you: Ask, and it will be given to you; seek, and you will find; knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be open. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? We need to humbly and continually go to God and ask to be filled with His Spirit. I like what A.W. Tozer said. He said, the Spirit-filled life is not a special deluxe edition of Christianity. It is a part and parcel of the total plan of God for His people. This is how God wants us to live, to be dependent on him. It's the best plan of action and how we truly are most effective in our leadership for the Lord, because when we do this, we're in emptying ourselves and asking God to fill us, just like John the Baptist said, less of me and more of you, and we're able to walk in this life following God. Paul exhorts us in Ephesians chapter five, fifteen through 18, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise making the best use of time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is a debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. When we pray for the Spirit's help, we are living wise lives. We will simply fall down at the Lord's feet in our weakness. Uh, Man, it is so important so encouraging andrew murray said that he said when we pray for the spirit's help we will simply fall down to the lord's feet in weakness there uh, will be there we will find victory and power that comes from his love i like what charles spurgeon said about this point he says i have a great need for christ and i have a great christ for my need we as leaders need to continue to god to our great christ right as we do uh, we find strength we find power for our lives to transform our lives. And this dependence on God will drastically affect and impact our leadership to live a righteous and holy life, to ask God uh, to do that, to prioritize time with Him, living a righteous life with Him and abiding in Him, we will bear fruit. So as Paul told Timothy in First Timothy chapter 4, verse 16, keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, so by doing so, you will save both yourself and yourself. And your hears. And this is what Nehemiah did in chapter six. He lived a holy life, not giving in to temptation. And we see because of that, he was a awful weapon in the hands of a mighty God.
1: Join us for a conversation with Pastor Daniel and his dad, Pastor Joe Williams, as they share a pastoral perspective on the book of Nehemiah.
0: Well, we're back at it again with Pastor Joe Williams in Tacoma, Washington, a faithful man of God serving at Calvary Chapel Tacoma for over 40 years now and uh, gleaning wisdom, counsel, advice. uh, Really great to be able to spend this time with my dad and talk to him just about ministry. And so we're continuing on uh, in this season looking at Nehemiah and just uh, today's subject was talking about living a holy life, a righteous life. Uh, How important is it, Daddy? Uh, living a holy life as a church leader when serving god how does that affect ministry how does that affect your life and how important is that um to just please god and live in the holiness
1: you know we set the example as leaders uh we do want to live a holy life and to be uh, and reflect christ as much as we possibly can and the only way you can reflect christ is you have to be with christ you know, the disciples went out and they had, they took notice that they had been with Christ. You know, when when you're with Christ, uh, he pours himself into you. You become like, more and more like him in your holiness. The Bible said, be ye holy for I am holy. You know, you want to be more like Christ because we set the t- we set the stage, we set the example, and we should be, That should be our number one priority is to be more like him in our in godly living in choosing the things that we do and where we go. And um, because that's going to really speak to people, because believe it or not, you know, I know people are not supposed to put their eyes on man, but people do. People are watching your life. You know, you know, Paul says all things lawful for me, but all things are not uh, expedient. I mean, I can do pretty much what I want, but, you know, as a leader, I could stumble people also by what I do. That's why I don't do those things. I'm free to do what I want, but it is not sin, but it could stumble someone. So, a lot of places I don't go, a lot of things I don't do. Um, I don't I don't even... Um, I tell my leaders, you don't even counsel a woman by yourself. You always take your wife with you or you take another brother in Christ with you, but you never go out and counsel women by yourself because that could be a stumbling block and some people have failed because of it. So you want to continue to read the word and, and try to take on Christ's character more and more as you read and become more like him that's a lifetime process. That doesn't happen overnight. You don't wake up one day and just say, okay, you know, I got it now. Uh, I'm like him now, so I can stop. No, you're going to have to pursue this the rest of your life, is to be more like him and try to reflect him in your teaching and your character. uh, And people will be able to see that.
0: How important is repentance when it comes to holy living, to actually not give up and turn to God and confess your sins as leaders not only to people you're leading, but just privately to the Lord and going to him first as you see these things that you fall short in.
1: Well, you know, God is full of mercy and grace. We confess our sins like anybody else. You know, we all sin. You know, no one is perfect. But God's grace is so uh, sufficient that he will forgive us like he would anybody else. You know, some leaders, you know, they say, well, you know, if I don't tell God, he won't know. Well, he does know. So don't be afraid to say, Lord, you know, I blew it. Uh, you know, I did this, I did that. And he, he will forgive you and you can move on. But for a leader, we also have to go to go to the Lord and confess our sins like everybody else. And let the, let God forgive us so we can move on.
0: Well, the Bible says that we wrestle... Uh, between the flesh and the spirit we're to walk in the spirit where we have this flesh and so how do we fight as leaders against sin and really just as christians in the temptations that we have in this world and in our christian walk what are some things that you've done to to fight against sin to um, walk in holiness in your christian walk
1: you know fighting against sin is going to be a lifetime uh, job really uh, there's so much sin out there today. Satan's gonna see to that. You know, you, you know, you've got internet now, you got the media, you got TV, you got cell phones. I mean, sin is rampant everywhere. So you're gonna have to uh, separate yourself from the things that you know that could be a temptation in your life, that could be a stumbling block in your life. You would have, you got to separate yourself from those things. You can't can't watch everything on the internet, you know, and the TV and uh, all this stuff, you know, and it's going to affect you how you think, how you act, how you behave. So I'm very careful about what I put into my mind because that sin, I mean, you're not going to get away from sin. You know, there's sin everywhere. It's all over the world and it's getting worse. But we can still live a holy life and know what uh, to put into your mind. Know what, you know, Ecclesiastes say, you know, they say he, uh, he guarded his eyes what he saw. He watched what he saw with his eyes and all that. So you have to watch what you see. You have to watch what you let into your heart. You have to you have to watch what uh, who you hang around sometimes too. But anyway, you're gonna have to really guard against that, and this is a lifetime struggle because. Sin is not going to go away. You know, uh, sin is getting worse and worse and worse all the time. And yes, you're going to have to guard yourself. What you allow come into your life. And you have a choice. You know, you can sit there and feed on things that you know is going to bring you down. You know, it's going to be a stumbling block and you know it's a temptation. But then don't feed on those things. Get away from them. Don't do those things. You know what they are. Just get away from them. God will give you the strength to do it. And yes, a lot of leaders have fallen into sin. And you know, it's it's a sad thing about a leader. Once you lose your reputation, you never get it back. People don't forget. People do not forget. You can do 95% of things right, and you do one thing wrong, guess what people are going to remember? That one thing you did wrong. So, you know, David, for example, he did a lot of things right. But until this day, people are still talking about David committing adultery with Bathsheba. Until this day, they're still talking about that. They didn't, people don't forget. Once you lose your reputation as a leader, you might as well just give it up. God will forgive you for it. But people say, you know, they say things, they gossip. So you know what those things are? Make sure that you get away from those things that you know could bring you down and uh, I think he'll be fine. Well, Shemaiah
0: wanted Nehemiah to sin so that his ministry would be ruined, so his reputation would be lost, and we have an enemy as well. Satan wants us to sin as church leaders to ruin our ministry, to ruin our lives, because we have a big target on our back and people follow us. How important is it for us as church leaders to know that the devil is real and he's out to try to devour and destroy our lives?
1: Satan is going to try to destroy your life. Yes, Satan is real, and Satan does not want the word priest. And yes, as leaders, you might go through things. I think many times we go through things that other people don't because, you know, you strike the shepherd, the sheep scatter, right? So uh, you're going to really have to be on. If Satan can take you down, he'll take the whole church down. So what he's going to have to do, what you're going to have to do is be on guard and guard against his schemes because he's going to. He's going to be coming after you. However, you have the tools and the power to fight him. You know, not in your own power, but you can fight him in Jesus' name. And uh, God has given us the the power to defeat him. But there's always going to be um, opposition in your ministry. Satan does not want the word preached, he does not want you to pastor that church, he does not want to see you uh, feed the flock. That's why things during the week come up sometimes, you know, and try to distract you and try to get you off off base. Because Satan does not want that word to go out because he know the word can change people's lives. But you're going to have to be on guard for that, for his tactics, for his schemes. And because um, it, it's not going to stop, you know, he know his times is short. Anything can happen at any time now. Everything is changing, but the word of God is not going to change. So we stick to the word. The word's not going to change. But everything else around us is changing every day, it seems like. But you got to keep the main thing the main thing, right? You got to keep on keeping on. Keep on preaching. And keep on doing what you're doing. Because in the end, you know you're going to win. You might have bumps in the road, yeah. You might have your, your struggles, yeah. But I've read the last chapter. In the end, we're going to win. We'll talk about not only fighting
0: the devil, but in our victory, but talk about the importance as a leader, especially uh, the importance of being filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized with the Holy Spirit, and walking in the power of the Spirit of God to live a holy life.
1: Ephesians six eighteen: be not be drunk with wine within excess, but be filled with the Spirit. That means be continually filled, uh, filled with the Spirit. Continually be filled with the Spirit. It's not just a one-time feeling, it's a continual feeling All the time. You know, you take your car, for example. You don't just fill your car one time, right? When your car gets low with gas, you have to refill it, right? So you have to ask God to refill, uh, fill you with his spirit continually all the time. Yeah, because we need that power to be baptized and filled in the spirit. For power in our lives to do ministry Uh, It's a power to fight the enemy, And God has given us that power and he wants us to use that power against Satan and his demons. But yes, ask God to fill you with his spirit, with his power. He's promised to do that. He knows you can't do it alone. He knows that. And you know it and I know it. We cannot do this ourselves. We need the filling of the spirit. We need all the power we can get right now because Satan is, is throwing everything he can at us in our ministries. They're even telling uh, people in Canada right now, which is right next door to me, people in Canada, pastors in Canada right now, their pastor's going to jail for preaching the gospel. Their pastor's going to jail, they're burning churches down right now in Canada for just preaching the gospel. So you're going to have opposition, but God is able to make us stand. So we're going to stand and we're going to keep doing it in spite of opposition,
0: well, what last words of encouragement do you have for us that are pursuing Jesus and want to live a holy and righteous life for the Lord?
1: Keep pursuing Jesus. You know, you, you keep trying to live a holy and a righteous life. You know, this is going to last the rest of your life. I mean, it's not just a one-time thing. You know, this is continually doing things the way you think God would want you to do them and try to be more like Christ. Try to encourage more people through the teaching of, your, of, of God's word to be more like Christ. And uh, it's just not a one-time thing. It's just keep doing it. Keep trying to be more like him. And God is there to help you, you know, be more like him every day. Thank you for joining us for today's Leadership Lessons podcast. For more content, you can visit eeleaders.com and follow us on social media at eeleaders.